Hello world, welcome to the Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about vaping and tobacco harm reduction. Hello and welcome to our next Vaping Unplugged episode. In this series, we want to provide you with the most relevant and up-to-date news around vaping and harm reduction in general. This week, as you might have already seen, the UK has announced um, new measures to support vaping, which is great and encouraging. But so far, obviously, it's only an announcement. And that's why we invited uh, one of the top harm reduction experts in general, but even more so for the UK, Martin Kullop, with us. And we will talk with him a little bit about the implications of this announcement and also the next steps. So what, what's going um, to happen after this announcement? Martin is international fellow of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance and also an expert on harm reduction and UK politics in general. Welcome, Martin, and thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks, Michael. Good to talk to you. So um, I have to apologize in advance. I have a cat that's addicted to whenever I talk to someone online. So <laughs> that is def definitely not a <laughs> definitely not a problem because my dog might join us as well at some point. So all good, all good. Um, I would suggest maybe we start start with um, that you give us a quick introduction to yourself and what you're doing right now and what your what your field of work is at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Martin Cullip. I've, I've been sort of writing about harm reduction since I think 2008, so quite a long time. Uh, I was a former associate and then uh, trustee and chair of the New Nicotine Alliance. Um, but I, I used to run a transport company. I sold that in 2021. And now I'm a harm reduction advocate, consultant, if you like. And I'm contracted at the moment to the Taxpayers Protection Alliance Consumer Center in Washington, D.C. And enjoying doing a lot of stuff. We're doing we're doing a lot of stuff this uh, this year on COP10, the meeting in November. But obviously, I keep an eye on many countries. But I live in the UK, so um, I'm I'm very cognizant of what's going on over here. Please, please let's leave out COP10 for now at this discussion because it's one <laughs> of the most frustrating issues I think, which which we can deal with. So I'm I'm not jealous of you about that. Um, but maybe let's talk about the positive news of this week, and that's definitely the UK. Um, so what, what did the, the health minister actually announce, and, and what do you think about the, the ideas he, he told us? Well, yeah, this has been coming for a while. Uh, he answered a few parliamentary questions saying that his response to last year's Khan uh, review, independent tobacco uh, review by Javed Khan, which the government commissioned, uh, he was going to respond to that and come out with the government's smoke-free 2030 proposals. And we did fear there would be um, some pretty bad things in there. We've had a, in the UK for the last two or three months, it's been incessant, poor media, uh, really bad media uh, across the board. I mean, the Daily Mail, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, had one day where they had three anti-vaping articles in one day. So there's been a lot of effort, concerted effort by you know, bad actors in the space to try and influence what's going to happen with this. Uh, and Neil O'Brien, who's the public health minister, uh, announced a set of proposals which were overall quite sensible. Um, he's, uh, his headline um, proposals where he's going to continue the swap to, swap to stop scheme, which has been trialled in local areas, uh, but he's going to 
bring it out nationwide and he predicted they were going to give away uh start free vaping starter kits to one million smokers uh they're offering incentives to pregnant women to to quit smoking and that again is something that's come from trials previously in in uh glasgow um the northwest manchester and northern ireland and that their financial incentives where they offer them up to 400 pounds to quit smoking and apparently these have been um twice as effective as other measures to try and help pregnant women quit smoking he's announced uh three million pound of funding for a vapes enforcement squad uh, which is going to be led by trade and standards um consumer protection agency in the uk and it's going to look at preventing the supply of illicit and underage sales of, of open products and he's he's uh, also uh, announced a consultation into allowing uh, cigarette pack inserts with positive messages to help people to quit smoking on top of this he's he's also released a call for evidence for further ideas on how to reduce youth vaping uh, and i've read that there are things in there that i think um, our opponents would jump upon and try and you know uh encourage the minister to go for bans on disposable products uh plain packaging extra taxation and that sort of thing but it does give us a, a chance to get our ideas across of of how better to regulate and just enforce the laws we've already got on youth vaping rather than bring in things that are going to be uh counterproductive and and less likely to encourage people to quit smoking by vaping yeah, I was I was really worried, as you mentioned, the last few months when we heard all these these stories about um, new taxation and those kind of things, or even bans of of vaping products, and told every British person I met, please make sure that the last beacon of hope is not going to tear, be teared down for the international community. Otherwise, we don't have any country anymore to point at and say um, they do it, they get it and they do it right. So I think that was kind of a relief. And for me personally, the the one the one th announcement he made is, which was a bit overlooked, I think, is especially this info sheets in cigarette packs, mm -hmm. because that would be the best targeted, um, not advertisement, information, um, how to reach smokers and and actually inform them about the actual risks of different products, those kind of things. But there is no further information, right? What will be on? this info sheets or something like that already no they're just saying they have a consultation on it but i've seen this in other countries i've seen icos for example advertised in in marlboro boxes in i think it was in italy uh, or some country in europe but i don't think it'll be that if it happens i think it'll just be um advising smokers to go to a stop smoking service or um it might advise them one of the options in e-cigarette but i most certainly won't be branded i don't think even if they mention e-cigarettes at all but yeah you're right it's it's the best way of targeting smokers you can't be accused of of targeting anything at youth or non-smokers if you're putting in cigarette packs you're, you're targeting the smokers themselves so the reason i think this hasn't happened before is because we have regulations on tobacco packaging which say that you can't put any information in the in the tobacco pack at all so they'll have to amend the legislation on that um but i don't think that would be too much of a problem uh, but yeah, it's a common sense idea and, uh, and, and we're uh, very much welcome that I think. Yeah. It's, it's baffling that no country so far has come up with the idea. Oh, let's, let's tell smokers in the cigarette pack, um, mm -hmm. not maybe a best case scenario about alternatives, but at least about where to go to and find information, how to quit. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I'm really hopeful that that we will see that because then we can also have studies about this and see the effectiveness and maybe other countries. And I'm pretty sure if the messaging is right, this will be very effective. And then other countries hopefully follow that lead. Mm -hmm. And I think the other very interesting aspect you mentioned, and it's also because of the negative lead up this youth issue and um, vaping epidemic I even read is in the UK. And do you see and do the numbers show an actual youth vaping academic in the UK? It's, it's been largely overblown. It, it, there was a, an uptick in the last um, reports from the ONS, uh, sorry, the NHS and um, from Action on Smoking and Health. But it's still pretty low level. I think it's only 1.7% of, of uh, never smokers are regular vapors um, in, in the underage category. So it's, it's, it's still just experimental and very, very low level. But it's grown into a bit of a moral panic like it is everywhere else. I think people want to talk up this problem. Uh, I personally think, well, you know, what would these kids be doing if they weren't using vaping? You know, I, I'm a guy in my 50s and I look back to when I used to go to sports events the same places I go now, uh, but I see people now in their twenties uh, vaping. Uh, very, very few. I see very few of them smoking. But I know twenty years ago, those same age groups would have been smoking. So I, I look around and I think, yeah, I'm quite encouraged by it all. But there are doomongers and there are, you know, people who are quite puritan who don't want to see kids using anything, which I think is rather unrealistic. So on a pragmatic view, I think it's all, all positive, but there are people who don't like that. Um, and yeah, we don't want underage kids using the vapes, but if the, if the alternative is that they would be picking up cigarettes instead, then, you know, it's, it's I don't know, I think I've said all I can say about it. It's just unrealistic to say that kids aren't gonna dabble in nicotine, just like they dabble with, uh, with you know, drinking alcohol or or anything else they're not supposed to do. In fact, you know, there, there are more kids in the UK drinking alcohol than there are vaping, but no one seems to panic too much about that. And I don't yeah. remember when I was young, there'd be much of a panic about kids smoking behind the bike sheds. Everyone thought it was just a bit mischievous, but now apparently vaping's come along and it's it's the end of the world. But, but I think the government in the UK has acted proportionally on this and they are going to, like I say, enforce the laws we already have. It's not like we haven't got the laws. It's just that they're not working properly at the moment and they need the funding for trade and standards to enforce those laws. It's very, very welcome because the, the industry has been calling for that as well. Yeah, and I, I, always, I always get very frustrated when I read just the numbers of youth vaping or something like that, because that's only half of the story. We, we, you need at the same time look at the smoking numbers and they are on record lows for, for all age categories in the UK, I think. So it can't, yeah, be, just, it can't be a gateway to smoking. Yeah, if you, if you look at it, 10 years ago, there were more, more kids using nicotine. Or in 2010, there were more kids using nicotine than they, there are now. But back in 2010, hardly any of them were vaping. They were all smoking. So I think it was about 12% of kids were smoking in 2010. And now I think it's down to about 8%, uh, even at the highest estimate, are vaping. And only 2%, I think, um, are, are smoking. So overall nicotine use has gone down, let alone smoking use by youth. And that should be something we should be quite pleased about. Definitely, definitely. So, and and for this this announcement, what are what are the next political steps, or what, how does the process looks like? Because right now it's just an announcement um, and not not a specific law or or in place yet. Um, what what are the next steps? 
Well, the government, I think, is going to go forward with its main proposals, the the uh, swap to stop scheme uh, and the three million pounds for the task force and the, the uh, incentives for pregnant women. The cigarette packs has got to go to consultation and the further measures is, is going to uh, this call for evidence, which is an eight weeks call for evidence. Uh, they'll be asking for people to submit to that. And then it says that 12 weeks after that, they'll consider the evidence and come out with whatever proposals that result from that. So you're talking about what best part of six months before anything happens over and above what was announced there. But um, yeah, it's it, it'll take a while, but but it's I think it's proportionate. And I think it's it's a it's a good start on the smoke free 2030 thing. Obviously, as someone who's heavily into harm reduction, I'd love to see them go much further by legalizing snooze and um, and uh, embracing heated tobacco and nicotine pouches more. But, you know, the, the, at least it's it's um, it's it's going heavily on vaping and it's it's putting a stall out for the UK government to say, look, we believe in vaping and I don't care what's happening around the rest of the world. We're going to carry on. So, yeah, it's good in that respect. Yeah, now you gave away already the answer to my to my final question, basically, because I was about to ask if you think if they will go through with the measures as announced, um, if that would be enough to to reach the the five percent goal, or if you want to see something else. Um, obviously, this news aspect is always very interesting because there is another country or there is one country in the EU where it's allowed and they will reach the smoke-free goal um, this year. So maybe, or do you think the UK could or should um, take the chance of being non-EU member now to, to legalize new products as well? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they'll make the, the smoke-free target by 2030. I think that's a pipe dream. Um, but if they, if they wanted to make a proper attempt at it, um, then yeah, they should legalize snooze. I think Smoking rates in Sweden are now down to 5.6%, I think they are. And they're predicted by the WHO to be under 5% this year. So they're going to be celebrating. And, and the EU's smoke-free target is 2040. They're going to be 17 years ahead in Sweden <laughs> of everyone else. So if if the government did go all in on, on sort of harm reduction, I think they have a much better chance than they have at the moment. But... They have to be conservative. I think they have so many voices against them. If they were to do that, they'd just get slaughtered in the press. So um, we should be grateful for what they're doing on vaping and just hope sometime they see sense and do the same with other harm reduction products as well. Cool. Um, with that, I would like to make a hard switch, but not really a hard switch because we touched a little bit on, on some vaping myths in general already. Um, but the Tolos Foundation, which is also affiliated, I think, with the Taxpayers Protection Alliance, published also this week a report on harm reduction and included some of the most common myths and debunked them. Um, so the, gate, the youth gateway argument we already covered a little bit. And before we started recording, we already talked a little bit about one of our favorite or least favorite whatever you want to call it miss um about nicotine in general and i think that applies especially um for all the harm reduction products and hurts um the legalization or or implementation of those products um and that so many people think nicotine is the actual problem and nicotine causes cancer um and since we talk about the uk i would be especially interested if this myth is also prevalent in the uk or is it somehow better there because vaping is is more common and more embraced by public health and politicians? No, firstly, um, 
the losses affiliated with Americans for tax reform, Americans for tax reform, not the TPA. Oh, but uh, I do we, know, we, guys. There, I, I, we, yeah, we I need to. Cut, we cut that out. No, that's right. That's right. No, we can talk about it because I think it's a good document. Um, Carl Abrahamson, I, I know there from Tholos and uh, and Tim Andrews at ATR. Uh, yeah, the the thing about nicotine, it's 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 not it's not different in the UK, unfortunately. Uh, there's still a confusion of it, but this is where some of these proposals from the public health minister will come in because, you know, if if you're saying that we're going to give uh, a million products to smokers, a million vape products to smokers, then that's going to ease concerns among smokers of, who thought that maybe nicotine was dangerous. Well, the government's telling me that I can have this, so there must there can't be that much wrong with it. And also, um, the idea that the government is is endorsing these products, uh, that's going to send a message to to GPs and to uh, medical types that, well, if the government is right behind these things, then maybe I can have more confidence in recommending these to smokers. Uh, and and I think the nicotine and tobacco confusion will hang around for quite some time yet, but, but hopefully eventually some people will realise it's just the same kind of thing as caffeine. And, um, you know, if, if caffeine was smoked, they'd probably be scared about caffeine <laughs> yeah, previously, but or if we drank nicotine in in a drink, they probably would think, "Oh, yeah, I love my nicotine in the morning. I can't function without it." And that would be something that everyone would just t talk to each other like they do about coffee. But yeah, it's, it's something we need to carry on sending that message. But hopefully, with new, more liberal stuff coming from the government on vaping, then hopefully people will learn that over time. Yeah, as as an Austrian, I remember the the scaremongering when Red Bull was introduced, and this would would ruin a whole generation, obviously, but turned out quite well, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, luckily, uh, Red Bull is not vaped, so um, mm. that's that's probably a good thing for that. But what do you think? Um, maybe as a last question, should vapors or harm reduction activists um, and basically everyone in our field do to to fight and debunk this myths what is the best strategy because um to get this actual truths into media politician circles um those kind of things i think is the hardest one to break i i don't know i think it's happening naturally anyway i mean there can't be many families in in the country and in, in the UK anyway, and maybe it's the same in other countries, especially in, in lower socioeconomic areas and poorer neighbourhoods, who don't know someone who, who vapes <laughs> or who uses one of these safer products. And I think they talk to each other. And I think many families are really probably quite happy to see someone who they may never have thought would quit smoking using a vape. I know that's happened in my family because they never thought I'd quit smoking. Uh, so I think over time, it's going to spread by word of mouth. And I think a lot of the the bad press sometimes you read the comments underneath the daily mail and and some people just aren't taking it they just saying we don't care what you say we know these things are less harmful you know and uh, they 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 falsely accuse them of taking money off big tobacco they say oh, who's paid for this advert big tobacco uh, but the fact that they think someone must be must have an agenda and that they are ignoring those stories proves that it must be getting out and i think it's word of mouth doing it and just by people who vape telling uh, others who don't vape or their family members or friends what their experiences are and the messages are getting out that way so um, yeah I think that's happening naturally anyway but again it will take time fantastic I think that's a very very good ending for for the podcast um, so thank you again for for joining us and we will hold our thumbs for the UK to push through um, with with 
at least those measures which are which are a step in the right direction and obviously hope they go a little bit further so that our beacon of hope country stays there and we can point the EU to the UK um, in the future. And thank you for your time and talking to us. Um, hopefully to see you soon again. Can I say just one thing just to, uh, just to finish? I know you said we don't want to talk about COP10, but I, do, I just would <laughs> like to say that there are a lot of threats coming from the WHO. So consumers should uh, write to their elected representatives. I think NNA has got a good campaign going. I think there's one going to start in Italy. So please take that seriously. And, uh, and also look out for the Taxpayers Protection Alliance uh, conference. We're going to do a mini conference in Panama this year to coincide with the event. So look out for details of that and uh, we'll tell you more nearer the time but yeah thanks very much for having me michael it's been great maybe, talking to you maybe quick quickly you can add we will link everything but uh, tell us as well um where we where we can find you and the information about those kind of things well it's it, we've only just sort of like uh we've only just decided to go ahead with it so it's, we haven't got full details but we're hoping to get consumers uh advocates um academics journalists um hopefully hopefully some politicians or whatever over to Panama and just host a few few little panels and and get some networking sessions going and just uh you know just get the, the proper word out there as opposed to the the stuff that would be going on in the conference um hopefully we'll be close to where it is we might hopefully <laughs> doing something over the road or something but yeah that's what we what the plans are so just look out for any details once we have them Cool. So for now, we will all follow you on Twitter and, and see as soon as announcements are out there. Yeah. So at Nanny Free State. <laughs> so cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you again. Um, take care and all the best. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Bye.